Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Elhamdülillahi ve salatu ve selamu ala seyyidil mursalin ve ala alihi ve sahbihi ve baraka ve selleme teslimen kathiran ila yevmiddin amma ba'd. Eûzu billahi mineşşeytanirracim. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Ve laqad saddaqa aleyhim iblisu zannehu fettebe'uhu illa fariqan minel mu'minin. Ve kâle teâlâ لَأَمْلَأَنَّ جَهَنَّمَ مِنْكَ وَمِمَّنْ تَبِعَكَ مِنْهُمْ أَجْمَعِينَ In the last session we ended on uh, categorizing people of who's going to be in paradise and who's going to be in hellfire. And we got to the understanding that among the people who consider Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to be one who followed the prophets and so on, there's going to be among those who have uh, various deviant beliefs, there are various sectarians, as the Prophet sallallahu said, that my ummah is going to split up into 70 plus sects. All of them are going to be in hellfire, except um, that which I and my companions are upon, uh, the saved sect as such. Now that means that they're going to be in hellfire for a while until they get purified and they'll come into paradise eventually because at the end of the day they are declarers of the oneness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. They just have some innovation in their beliefs and so on. Now among those who don't have innovation in their beliefs, then there's going to be those who followed their desires. They've essentially become vulnerable to the distractions and they've committed sins. While they hold the right belief, they've committed sins. Uh, they've made other uh, they've committed other forms of transgression and so on. They're going to be in hellfire as well. So now you can understand from all of this that those who are in paradise seem to be much, much, much less than those who at least for some time need to be in hellfire and those who will be permanently in hellfire. So now uh, going back to hellfire though, among those uh, who also follow, uh, among those of the believers who follow in uh, who follow the desires and so on. There's some hadith now which kind of single out certain categories of people, certain categories of people among them, which gives us an idea. And the benefit of that is that we can just then try our best uh, not to be from those categories or not to be uh, from those of those categories that are going to enter hellfire. What I mean by that is, so there is... Uh, Hadiths in Bukhari and Muslim Many of you must have heard this, these hadith before uh, That uh, Ibn Abbas who relates From the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam He mentioned this during the sermon He gave during an eclipse He said nar. During that eclipse he said During that sermon he said I've seen the fire, I've seen hellfire وَرَأَيْتُ أَكْثَرَ أَهْلِهَا النِّسَاءَ And I saw that the majority of those in the hellfire were women due to their, the word he used was due to their kufr, right? I'll explain what kufr means. So they got worried, the people who are listening, they got worried, said, Ayakfuruna billah. Are they, diso- are they disbelieving in Allah? Because generally kufr, we take it in its extreme meaning of disbelief, absolute disbelief and rejection, because kufr means denial and rejection. Uh, on its kind of basic meaning, on its kind of, you can say, linguistic meaning, it means to be ungrateful, to be ungrateful, uh, to, uh, it doesn't, uh, and one of the highest levels in gratitude is 
denied of Allah because he gives us everything and then you deny him. That's why kufr is uh, in the common sense as we understand it is so bad. It's a form of uh, disregard and ingratitude to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So they said, oh, do they disbelieve in Allah? So the Prophet then used it in his linguistics and it says, no, they, uh, they do kufr of their husbands. What does that mean? Denying their husbands, he means ingrate, ungrateful. They're ungrateful to their husbands. And they deny uh, any good that's been done to them. People have a habit that you, you can do good, but say, you've never done anything good for me. You've never done anything good for me. You're always like this. You've never done anything good for me. Maybe it's a figure of speech that appears on the tongue, that comes upon, that just comes on the tongue. لو أحسنت إلى إحداهن لو أحسنت إلى إحداهن الدهر ثم رأت منك شيئا قالت ما رأيت منك خير قد is the prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم saying sometimes you may favor someone and do good and uh, provide gifts provide bounties provide favors to one of them for the whole you know for الدهر دهر means for the whole period for the whole life whatever it is and then they see something from you that they may dislike they would then say, we've never seen any good come from you. So this is an attitude issue. The Prophet ﷺ is highlighting an attitude issue uh, to show that this is going to take people into the hellfire, the women, uh, because they do this a lot, it's going to take them into the hellfire. This is what the Prophet ﷺ said. Likewise, there's another hadith in Sahih Muslim from Ibn Abbas who the Prophet ﷺ said, I looked into hellfire and I saw the majority of its inhabitants were women. Now this needs to be uh, put into perspective. Uh, there's another hadith which Bukhari and Muslim have transmitted, very well known one from Abu Sa'id al-Khudri radiallahu anhu that the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa said, Ya ma'asharan nisa. Now this is where he was giving a special sermon to the women. This was a special program and an address that he uh, was, uh, in which he was speaking to the women. So he said, Ya ma'asharan nisa tasaddaqn. Oh congregation of women, oh women, uh, give sadaqah, give charity. He encouraged them to give charity. Now he told them, he says, I've seen a majority of you in hellfire. Meaning I've seen majority of people in hellfire are women. So they said, why is that Ya Rasulullah? Can you tell us the reason? They were, they were, this was their really uh, righteous attitude that, hey, we need to worry about this. So what is the reason? You curse a lot. And you uh, have this... Uh, ingratitude to your husbands. And then the Prophet ﷺ carried on uh, with the rest of the hadith. Right? So this all indicates um, the same, same kind of idea. There's another hadith which Bukhari and Muslim have transmitted again, this time from Usama ibn Zayd radiallahu anhu that the Prophet ﷺ said, I stood at the door of Jannah and the majority of those that I saw enter paradise were the poor people, needy ones that didn't have too much in this world. And the people who had a lot, Ashabul Jadd, mean those who have uh, assets, I saw them waiting in the lines, waiting in the queues, mahbusun, withheld, withheld. Except that among them though, those who were supposed to go to hellfire, they, they, the, the judgment had already been made to send them to the hellfire. 
So he's saying, essentially saying that those of the people of, who have assets, who were supposed to go to hellfire, they were already being commanded and decreed to be in hellfire. But those who were not kafir, not disbelievers, and so on, they were still withheld. They can't enter Jannah so easily, right? Then I stood at the door of hellfire, and the majority of those that I saw entering that were women. So it's actually a recurrent theme in a number of hadith. It's not just in one stray narration or something like that. So this is uh, quite a serious idea. Then Imam Ahmad uh, has another narration from Abdullah ibn Amr al and Prophet said that I looked into paradise. Majority of those I saw were, were the uh, needy ones. And then I looked, and in this one, uh, it's very similar. I looked into hellfire. The majority of its inhabitants that I saw were women and wealthy people. That they'll first have to go to hellfire because I guess they say there's a, the mischief of money, Baseki Masti, as they say in Urdu, it's a really apt kind of term. When you have more, you can do more with it, and generally the world attracts you, so you do more, and sometimes we get ourselves into trouble by spending money in the wrong way, by spending our sustenance and uh, by the provisions Allah has provided us to disobey Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, which is a real blasphemy. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect us uh, from that. Right, I'm going to put, try to put all of this in perspective. Um, ju- just, just hold on. So the hadith are the way they are. Then there's another hadith again in Bukhari and Muslim. Sorry, in Muslim this time. Imran ibn Hussein radiallahu anhu, Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa said, now this is, he said that the minority of the inhabitants of paradise are women. Which goes to indicate that there's a majority of men in paradise. Regardless of how they are, but the majority of men in paradise and minority of women paradise. Now, the others, the other narrations we can, uh, even this one, we can actually reconcile in a number of ways to, to uh, try to make some sense of this. But let me put in another hadith here. There's another hadith of Abu Huraira, radiallahu anhu, which says that the Prophet sallallahu said, he said regarding the people of paradise. So here now he was speaking about the men in paradise. He says, لِكُلِّ وَاحِدٍ مِّنْهُمْ زَوْجَتَانِ for every man in paradise, there's gonna, he's going to have two spouses, two women spouses. I mean, spouses are women for a man. So he's going to have two women as spouses. Now, if every man in paradise has two women as spouses, that means the women are double the number of men. If that's the case, then all of these other narrations that we've been seeing that the majority of women are going to hellfire and there's going to be a minority in paradise, how do you reconcile all of this? So many of the narrations that we read, they all said, hellfire is filled with women. And then in one narration, he also said that uh, paradise has a minority of women. And then it says every man will have two wives. So how does that work out? There's a number of narrations that say something similar. For example, there's another narration that says that the first group that will enter paradise will be in the form of the 14th moon, meaning probably their faces will be so radiant, will be shining like the, uh, the, the, the full moon on the 14th night. And then there'll be those who will follow them whose... Uh, who, who will essentially be shining like a very bright star in the sky. Each one of them will have two spouses. And then he describes the spouses. Because, وَمَا فِي الْجَنَّةِ أَعْزَبْ There is no single bachelor uh, in paradise. What is paradise without a spouse? Right? You know, for those who don't like marriage or whatever... Paradise is all about 
enjoying it with a spouse. That's what you, you know, that's the, the fitter of the human being to enjoy life with a spouse because we've been created for one another, right? Men and women have been created for one another. So paradise does not have any single people inside. They're going to be spouses, right? So if somebody's not been married, they'll get married in paradise. So it's not like if you're not married, then you're going to be in trouble. Everybody has to be married in paradise, essentially, according to this. So some have said that to reconcile this, there's two views of reconciling this, right? Some say that the way to reconcile this is that, yes, initially, there's going to be a lot of women in hellfire. But eventually, they're going to have to enter paradise, the believing ones, you know, after being purified from uh, misdeeds. I mean, that's obvious. That's going to happen. If you're a believer, Muslim woman, man, have to go to hellfire for a while because of, dis- uh, because of uh, sins, eventually you end up in paradise anyway, right? This cannot mean that women eventually become kafir and thus never enter paradise, and that's why they remain majority in, parad- in hellfire. That's just... But this could be the initial period when people are in uh, hellfire first to be purified. Eventually, they will end up in paradise. Another view is that maybe there will be a lot of women in hellfire to start with, but then there could be a lot of women eventually in paradise as well. Uh, you know, if for every man there's going to be two women, then that could be the case, and maybe there's some other equation the Prophet ﷺ used. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows best. There is a, another view because of another hadith which has been transmitted that for every man will be two wives means two wives from the hur the special maidens of paradise, not from worldly women. So that takes us back to the fact that uh, there will be a lot of women who will be in hellfire. Right? But again, if they're believers, they eventually have to end up into paradise because sins don't take you out of the faith, right? unless a person comes out of the faith. So those are the two narrations. There's a number of narrations that support this idea as well. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows best. As I said, for us, regardless of what that situation is, the best thing is that we work hard and uh, we do the best. The reasons, the causes for this, the Prophet made very clear. And that was his way of encouraging that to try to stop uh, some of the wrongs that were happening in the community. So that's what he said. Now let's move on to some of the other narrations. From Abdullah ibn Imam Ahmed, Imam Ahmed's son, it's related from him through an, uh, his chain to Abu Salih. He says that it's reached us that um, one of the reasons why we, there'll be so many women in hellfire is because a lot of zina that takes place, right? Uh, many times women are instrumental in that, right? Now, I mean, that's quite obvious in the sense that Today, when you look at the pornography industry, majority of it is women as compared to men. Men are involved as well. They may be even behind the scenes or whatever the case is, but I'm assuming that the majority are women. It looks like men are bigger consumers of it than, than are women. And many other, uh, when you look at prostitution, unfortunately, for, you know, for, uh, because of duress or because of force or whatever the case is, or because of voluntarily wanting to be in that profession uh, which may be the case for some people right Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows best but a lot of that is got to do with women and that's that's what he mentions here now to uh, move on who are some of the other categories that have been mentioned so there's a narration which the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam said now when he says a person will not enter paradise such and such a person will not enter paradise the way they're going to go 
they're going to end up in the hellfire. I doubt that they're going to be in the A'raf, right? They're going to be in, ending up in the hellfire, especially if it's a bad idea or a bad sin. So the Prophet ﷺ said, the jawab, the jawab, or the ja'dhari, or the itil, or the zanim, these four people do not enter paradise. Now if they're believers and they're still like that, and it doesn't cause them to lose their faith, then eventually, as I said, I want to clarify again, they do enter paradise eventually. But they go to hellfire first to be... Uh, so this is now, the, all this discussion is not about disbelievers, it's actually about believers, but who've done wrong. So these are the four categories. Who are these people? So the first one, jawab. That is somebody who keeps accumulating and withholding from others. Probably doesn't give zakat, sadaqah, assist others or whatever, even if there's a need, just essentially selfish, gathering, stingy, just gathers and hoards for oneself. The ja'vari, essentially the vulgar, the vulgar person, obscene, vulgar individual. Like you have to be careful around them as to what they're going to say, right? Allah says, فَبِمَا Harsh, 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 vulgar people. That's why Allah says in the Quran, Surah Ali Imran, verse 159. It is due to the mercy from Allah that you have softened for them. Because had you been harsh, hard-hearted, harsh, and so on, uh, they would have run away from you. The reason the Sahaba and everybody just gravitated towards him and didn't want to move from him is because of, you know, despite all of the background that they came from, the Prophet managed to work, you know, really with a beauty that is unparalleled. Right, so that's the second category. The third category of person is the itil, which means just quick to do mischief and evil. They just love to do evil and mischief, right? And the, third, the, the fourth person is the ignoble and lowly individual, just the mean person, the ignoble one, right? Just loves to eat, drink, and just, just mess around, right? And be oppressive, right? That kind of a lowly individual. That's why the Prophet ﷺ was asked about who is the al-itil al-zanim. He is the vulgar, mean person. Thereafter that we got the mustakbir. Mustakbir do not enter paradise. These are the people who think they're bigger than everybody else. They're greater than everybody else. They're, they're haughty individuals who look down on others, who think they are it, they are the ones. That's why Allah says in Surah Al-Zumar, verse 60, أَلَيْسَ فِي جَهَنَّمَ مَثْوًا لِلْمُتَكَبِّرِينَ For these arrogant kind of people, isn't Jahannam the refuge for them? Isn't that their sanctuary? Isn't that where they're going to go, their abode? Likewise, there's a hadith which we read before, that the mutakabbirin, these haughty individuals, will be gathered on the Day of Judgment in the form of small ants, very small miniature forms. They'll be they'll be dragged to the hellfire. Uh, they'll be dragged to a special prison in hellfire called Bulus, where the fire will overcome them. And they will essentially be 
uh, made out to be extremely lowly and humiliated and disgraced there. The opposite of what they used to think they were in the world. Allah says in Surah Al-Ahqaf, verse 20, Today, you are recompensed. You're given in lieu. What are you given? The disgraceful punishment because of your arrogance, because of your seeking to be haughty in the, in the earth without any right. You didn't have it. You don't have what would allow you to be uh, elevated and haughty and used to claim that. There's another hadith uh, which the Prophet in which the Prophet said, hadith of Muslim, this one, is Al-Kibriya Uridai Might and greatness is my is my rap is my garment and majesty is my lower garment essentially this is what i this is what i own these are for me these are my qualities whoever tries to it's like this is my shawl if you try to drag it you try to snatch it from me i will punish him with the hellfire meaning i'll throw him into hellfire then there's another narration from Abu Hurairah related by Bukhari and Muslim that the Prophet said hellfire and paradise had a bit of a debate. So it looks like they have discussions or they had a discussion at least once. Because remember, they are, these are intelligent objects, right? So the hellfire said, I've, I've been chosen specially for the so-called wannabe mighty ones and the tyrants. And the gender says, those who are going to enter me are the weak Muslims, the weak ones, and the lowly ones, the innocent lowly ones. So then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he heard this debate. He said to paradise, you're my mercy, you are my mercy, and I express and shower my mercy upon whoever I wish from my servants. Then he said to the hellfire, you are my punishment, you are my torment. I punish with it those I want from my servants. Each one of you will have their fill, don't worry. Like who's going to get more? Each one of you will have their fill. As far as hellfire, uh, one thing good is it's going to have everybody in there and it's going to ask for more. Hal mim mazid, hal mim mazid. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will fill it up, right? And then it will be satisfied. Allah will fill it up with, it says Allah will place his uh, leg in there. Now that is, Allah knows best what that means. We don't want to give that any kind of anthropomorphic meaning. But essentially, Allah will fill it up. And then say, that's enough. Um, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is never going to, uh, you can say, oppress anyone by taking them just because hell's asking for more. Here, take some people from paradise, put them in there. Yeah, I sent you to paradise, but you know, your deeds aren't as much as these other guys. You know, I'm gonna, I've forgiven you, but you know what? Let me just send you to hellfire for a while. He's not, he's not gonna ever do that. As for, as for paradise though, subhanAllah, when that needs to be filled up, after everybody's in there, Allah's gonna create a special creation to fill it up. Just shows the reward of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and what He wants to do even, you know, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Quran, Surah Al-Nazi'at, 
فَأَمَّا مَنْ طَغَى وَآثَرَ الْحَيَاةَ الدُّنْيَا فَإِنَّ الْجَحِيمَ هِيَ الْمَأْوَى وَأَمَّا مَنْ خَافَ مَقَامَ رَبِّهِ وَنَهَى النَّفْسَ عَنِ الْهَوَى فَإِنَّ الْجَنَّةَ هِيَ الْمَأْوَى Those who are tyrannical and they prefer the worldly life then hellfire is their abode. And as far as those who are fearful of the station of their Lord, and they prevent themselves or their selves from desires and lowly passions, then paradise is their abode. Allah says that very clearly. May Allah make us of the, the category of Jannah. There's a hadith that Imam Ahmed, Imam Abu Dawud and Imam Tirmidhi relate from Abu Hurairah anhu that the Prophet said, when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, you've heard this hadith, I'm assuming, before. When Allah created hellfire and paradise, He said, Jibreel, go to paradise, check it out. Like, that's our new property, our new project, go and check it out. And see what I've created in there for the people who will enter. So Jibreel comes along for a, a viewing and he looks at it looks at all of that in there, and he comes back and he says, by your might, anybody who even hears about this place is going to enter it. Like, why wouldn't they? Right? You just hear about this beautiful place. Everybody rushes. Oh, this is a really good beach. Everybody rushes there. This is a really good restaurant. Everybody suddenly goes there. You just need an influencer to say something. You know, a review to say something. Everybody's going to go there. So what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala did, and this was just part of the whole project, He commanded it, to be then surrounded by difficulties, by difficulties. Um, then he said, okay, take another, go, go for your second viewing and check out what's in there. So he came back and this time he checked it out. He came back and he said, you know, now I fear that if anybody's going to enter it. Because yes, it's beautiful and everything in it, people would want to go into it. But there's too many conditions to fulfill. There's limits. There's difficulties in, in, in it to get there. Then he told him to go and have a view of uh, visit the hellfire and everything that's in there. When he came back, he saw, I mean, when he went and checked it out, he saw how it's consuming. It's just very angry and consuming, uh, essentially, the flames consuming one another. Came back and he said, by your might, anybody who even hears about this place would never want to go in there. But then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, his second stage of that was to uh, add the desires, all the attractions around it. So now go and check it out. So when he checked it and he saw it and he came back and he said, my fear now is that very few people are going to be saved from it. And this is what we experience day in and day out, the difficulty with that. That we experience the difficulties around that. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, without His help, I don't think we can survive. Meaning, without His help, we cannot survive. Forget, I don't think we can survive. We cannot survive without His assistance. With His assistance, may Allah give us strength. May Allah give us willpower. May Allah give us steadfastness. May Allah give us conviction to avoid that and to go to paradise. Give us an understanding that having a healthy body, having a lot of assets, uh, enjoying the bounties of the world in abandon, enjoying them for 
you know, enjoying them while being fearful of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is alhamdulillah, shukr. Right? Allah will give you more. That's the secret. But very few people get to do that properly. Because when you have a lot, you start showing off. You start getting too into it. There's few people who have a lot, but mashallah, they know their boundaries. It doesn't get to their heart. So anyway, those who just enjoy it with abandon, and then they start even then becoming arrogant against others and so on. The, this is going to be, these are the uh, qualities, these are the characteristics of the people of hellfire that have been mentioned a number of narrations. La ilaha illallah. That's why Allah says in Surah Al-Alaq, 6 and 7, Humans generally end up being tyrannical and becoming arrogant and so on when they see that they're independent because they get this false sense of confidence. La ilaha illallah. However, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala also says in the verse that I mentioned before in Surah Al-Nazi'at, فَأَمَّا مَنْ طَغَى وَآثَرَ الْحَيَاةَ الدُّنْيَا فَإِنَّ الْجَحِيمَ هِيَ الْمَأْوَى So same kind of idea, whoever gives preference to the, hell, uh, to the world and the love of the world and they enter into hellfire. The weaker ones who are weaker in body sometimes, that doesn't mean that people who are weak, uh, who are unhealthy, uh, no, I mean, when we say unhealthy, I don't mean unhealthy due to... Um, so they say that in Africa, people die because they don't get enough food. And people in America die because they get too much food. Right? There's a difference. You know? That, and what's really interesting, a lot of poor people in America are very, very obese. It's really because the, 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 the junk that they eat, the unhealthy food, the choices they make as well sometimes. It's a really strange phenomenon. Europe is going in that direction. Right? You go, I go to some countries and marshal everybody's like fit. They're, they're thin. And you go to other countries, everybody's massive. Especially America was like that. In England, it's, uh, it's kind of to the obese side. Of course it is. Right? In India, you can see the difference between the poor and the wealthy. The, the wealthier ones are generally, mashallah, bigger right? than the poorer ones who are generally thinner. You see that difference in many countries. There's another hadith of Anas anhu that the Prophet said, Shouldn't I tell you about the people of paradise and people of hellfire? The people of paradise... It's every weak person who has been treated weakly and you can say oppressed in a sense. Being weak by nature doesn't mean you get to paradise. It's not like a safe ticket to paradise. Hey, I'm weak. It's okay. You know, it just means those people who struggle, but they maintain their faith despite their weakness. They don't have too many questions. That's, they will have not many assets, so they won't have too many questions. That's what it means. It, do, it doesn't mean that a strong one is not going to enter paradise. The Prophet actually said that the stronger believer is better than the weaker believer. So this is not like some absolute rule for every weak person who is out there. It just depends on what they're weak for and why they are weak. Then the Prophet said, so the weak, the one who is looked on as weak and treated as weak, ash'ath, disheveled, dhu timrain. These are special, very few people. You see some people who are just absolutely poor, voluntarily. They, don't, they, they just suffice with the absolute basic. They're disheveled. And they just have maybe two garments. But they are so close to Allah because of their internal connection with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. These are very few people. These are not your normal weaker person. right? 
that if they swear an oath on Allah, Allah will fulfill it. Wallahi, it's going to rain today, Allah will have it rain. I said, there's very few people like that. It's not your normal weak person. As far as the hellfire, people of hellfire are concerned, then they are those people that we mentioned before. The arrogant, the withholders, the, the stingy, the mean, and so on, as mentioned. And the harsh, and, and rude, and vulgar ones. La ilaha illallah. Now look at this hadith. The Prophet said, shouldn't I tell you about the people of hellfire? He said, of course. Kullu sameenin laysa Every obese, fat person who is not who is not pleasant in what they emanate. So really interesting. Not pleasant in their smell, in their fragrance. What that means, I think, is more deeper than that. It means every arrogant person of substance who don't exude goodness and virtue. They mean, they're not people you want to be around, you want to avoid them because of just everything that they exude. Another narration that somebody asked the Prophet ﷺ about the people of hellfire, and he replied, you've asked about a mighty issue. It's essentially, كُلُّ شَدِيدٍ قَعْبَرِيٍ so they said, what's a Ka'bari, Ya Rasulullah? Shadid, we understand, harsh. Right? Shadidun Ka'bariyun means people who have a very harsh attitude against everything. So the Prophet said, the one who's harsh on his family, on his tribes, people, community, and uh, who's harsh on you know, other people, whoever they are. They're just harsh. Right? So people of paradise in Ya Rasulullah. Again, he said, um, glory be to Allah. Glorified is Allah. You've asked about something mighty. It's every weak person who has been kind of avoided generally. People don't give them too much interest because they're weak, but they're so connected to Allah. Right, there's another narration. It's a bit of a lengthy narration in Sahih Muslim. What uh, the Prophet ﷺ was once giving a khutbah, a sermon. In there he mentioned three people of paradise and five people of hellfire. Three categories of people that will enter paradise and five categories of people that will enter hellfire. I'm gonna explain each one of them, right, and open it up a bit. The first one he said was, Sultan al-Muqsid al-Mutasaddiq. This is the person of, in the position of authority, but who's just despite that. Because when you get into a position of authority and you start calling the shots, it's so easy because you're the one in charge. There's nobody above you. So then it's very easy. Well, there may be people above you, but in that kind of position, there's less scrutiny, you can say. You can get away with a lot, <clears throat> but you're still just. How many politicians have we heard about in the recent, especially during COVID and so on? How many do we know of those who then go on to, uh, you know, who have given contracts to extended family members, friends, associates, and so on? That's not just. That's being unjust. So it's a... The reason these people are in paradise is these are the people who are in a position that they could easily abuse, but they don't abuse it. So you get an extra reward for the, the place you're in, the value of the position you're in, and you're not misusing it. Right? This is a big issue in some third world countries. You get to a position, and then they start. That's, that, that's, it's like the trend, the custom in those countries 
to get into a certain, you know, as they say, sarkari kaam, right? Uh, kind of a position of uh, within the government or within the council or whatever it is, and then that gives you a lot of perks, unjust perks, but it's the trend of the place. That's what they get there for. They don't know anything else. And in fact, even if you try to be fair in that case, everybody around you is so corrupt that it'd probably be difficult anyway. Right? It's really difficult sometimes. The second person is the one who, that will enter paradise is the one who is very, very, very soft-hearted and merciful and compassionate. And he's not only compassionate to his loved ones or her loved ones. It's not just that. It's everybody, for humanity in general. The third person is the person who has family. He doesn't have too much, but he or she withholds from asking, from begging. Subhanallah. Their gaze is only on Allah. Rather than asking people, their gaze is only on Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And that's why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentioned in Surah Ali Imran, verse 133, and hasten to the forgiveness of your Lord and the paradise, the gardens whose extent is the heavens and the earth which have been prepared for the righteous ones. Those, who are these people? Those who spend both in sarra and darra, both who spend in happy times and in difficult times. Even when they're struggling, they're still willing to spend. And those who are controlling of their anger, control their rage. They're not mean. See, all of those people we t- talked about above, they're including here. And those who are forgiving of people, they pardon people. They're easygoing. They don't hold people to account to the last breath, you know, for no reason. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala loves the doers of good. Allah loves the doers of good. Thereafter, that, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَالَّذِينَ إِذَا فَعَلُوا فَاحِشَةً أَوْ ظَلَمُوا أَنفُسَهُمْ ذَكَرُوا اللَّهَ فَاسْتَغْفَرُوا لِذُنُوبِهِمْ وَمَنْ يَغْفِرُ الذُّنُوبَ إِلَّا اللَّهِ وَلَمْ يُصِرُّوا عَلَى مَا فَعَلُوا وَهُمْ يَعْلَمُونَ أُولَئِكَ جَزَاؤُهُمْ مَغْفِرَةٌ مِّنْ رَبِّهِمْ وَجَنَّاتٌ تَجْرِي Surah Al-Imran, again verse 135 onwards. Those who, when they do something that is unchaste, or they oppress themselves, they remember Allah. So, they seek forgiveness for their sins. And who is there other than Allah to forgive sins? They do not persist in the wrong that they're doing while they know. Essentially, what this is giving us the discretion, you may do wrong, but don't, don't persist in it. These people, their reward is the forgiveness from their Lord and gardens beneath which these lakes and rivers flow. 
which in they will dwell in forever and that is the best uh, of the reward of the doers Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that you're going to get forgiveness for the wrongs that you've done because they don't insist and they have a tawbatun nasuh they have a sincere tawbah thereafter that the prophet sallallahu alaihi mentioned the five people of hellfire in that hadith the prophet sallallahu alaihi so what who are they the first one Remember, we're talking about the poor person who's supposed to get easy entry into paradise. Here, the poor person is one who's going to go to hellfire. Who is this? The poor person who essentially gets no might or power or oomph to do anything good. They are poor and they think they don't have to do any good. There's a lot of people like that. They won't pray, they won't even ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. They won't even make dua to Allah. They're just literally asking for handouts from people. Right? They're just not connected to Allah at all. They, want, they don't want to help themselves. They just literally want to continue on handouts and not try for themselves, not ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala either. They don't try to gain any good in this world and not the hereafter either. No taqwa, no deeds, nothing and not even to do some, some good job in this world. That's why there's a narration from Abu Huraira that says that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala dislikes a believer who has none of this zeal to do anything. Intensity to do the right thing, even if you're poor. There's a lot of people sitting around in the villages who are like that. So out of these five people who are going to be in hellfire, they said that he, they're the worst of them because they just don't even try. They got nothing to go by. They can't even enjoy themselves, but they're just so out of everything. They essentially just flatter. They just stick around others to try to get something of there. They just leech of others. That's kind of what they are. They just live of other people. The second one is the Khain. The Khain. Turks would say Hain. Right? So these are just extremely treacherous people they they will just find every way to swindle someone to deceive someone in the smallest thing even the meanest of things is not worth it they still do that even not like just big things okay but even the smallest things uh, they they sell, they sell tomatoes what americans say tomatoes and they'll give one less just to save them some one more I recently saw a clip, this guy, he's selling, and there's these niqabis who are buying from him, it must be in an Arab country. And he puts one weight, you know, like one kilo of tomatoes or whatever it is. And as he's filling the tomatoes in the bag, he's got a weight, that, a smaller weight, that he puts into the, behind the bag, beneath the bag, so they can't see it. And then he pulls it out, and then he kind of puts it there and puts the weight behind something. It's like, wow, man, for a tomato, for a potato. وَيْلٌ لِلْمُطَفِّفِينَ الَّذِينَ إِذَا اكْتَالُوا عَلَى النَّاسِ يَسْتَوْفُونَ وَإِذَا كَالُوهُمْ وَسُنُمْ يُخْسِرُونَ So they don't lose a chance to do that. These people are going to be in hellfire. Third person is the one who people can't trust with their families and, and others. He uh, just tries in different ways to... It's a very similar to, it's very similar to the, the first one except that they just do it in different ways who are constantly deceiving others in different ways. The fourth one is the one who lies and who is uh, stingy. The lie and the stingy one. 
lying and stinginess come from the same source, which is this real intense greed. The reason you lie is you don't want to say the truth and then you, know, you have to pay or you have to do something. So you kind of misrepresent. And you're stingy because you just so love and have this avarice and greed of what you have. So that's why you don't want to give. So you withhold. So that's essentially not giving where you should be giving either religiously or because of uh, social reasons or because it's demanded of you. That's why uh, there's a, a, a narration which says, shaitan, uh, shaitan says that people can only overcome me. They can only defend themselves of my strategies except for three. There's three things which will not help a person defend against the shaitan. Any person who takes money from where it's not allowed, you're already open up, you've opened up the door of shaitan. There's no way you can protect yourself from shaitan afterwards. Because you've given shaitan an entry. Number two, that's his back door, you can say. Number two, those who have money but they spend it wrongly. And number three, who have money but they don't, they prevent the rights from coming, like they don't pay zakat, sadaqah, udhiyya, uh, qurbani, etc. from the money that they have. They don't share it with others. These are three ways, very, very, very powerful backdoors for shaitan to come into and corrupt the whole system. That's why the Prophet ﷺ, if you look at lying as well, why is that so seriously mentioned here? Lying eventually takes a person to sins. Lying eventually will cause a person to transgress, transgress, fujul. Transgression then eventually lends, ends up a person, uh, takes a person eventually into hellfire. Once, there's a hadith in Musnad Ahmad, Abdullah ibn Amr radiallahu anhu, the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa was asked, what, 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 is, what are the deeds of the people of hellfire? He said, lying. Because when you start lying, you will start transgressing the bounds of things. And when you start doing that, you will eventually disbelieve. And anybody who disbelieves goes into hellfire. Alright, that was four categories. The fourth category is the shindhir. It's an Arabic word, not very commonly used, called shindhir. What does that mean? Very bad attitude. Sayyul khuluq. Somebody with a very, very bad attitude. Al-fahash. Vulgar, bad attitude. You just can't expect to have a good conversation with them. They're constantly going to just give you some bad vibe. Aisha radiallahu anha relates the hadith of Bukhari al-Muslim that the Prophet said that the worst of people in terms of rank uh, by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala on the day of judgment is the one who people generally abandon and try to stay away from because of his vulgarity. Because they're so vulgar, you don't want to be with them, you don't want to talk to him, I don't know what he's going to say to me. He's going to embarrass me in front of everyone. A'udhu Billah, Allah protect us. Another hadith from Tirmidhi, Abdullah ibn Masood radiallahu says, the Prophet sallallahu said, Allah dislikes the vulgar and uh, shameless vulgar person. They, they, they're just not careful about what they say. Okay, the last section of this book, we have finally reached the last section of this book. May Allah reward the author. So this is 
the first person to enter the hellfire from among the disobedient, unrighteous believers. Who's the first person to enter into hellfire from the Muslimin, from the submitters to Allah, from all traditions and all nations. Imam Ahmad has a hadith from Abu Hurairah, when the Prophet said, I was presented with the first of the three that will enter paradise. And the first three that would enter hellfire. So one of the first of the three that will enter paradise is the shaheed. Then it's, so it's a shaheed, no condition, right? Shaheed. Second one is the slave. Now when you're a slave, in the time there were slaves, for a long part of history there were slaves, you, you didn't have your own autonomy. You, you had to do what your, your master told you. So that was an excuse not to pray or whatever because your master tells you, unless he's righteous and makes you pray, right? That was an excuse. But this is a slave giving encouragement to them as well that their slavery of the world has not prevented them and disturbed them from their obedience to Allah. That person is going to enter, those slaves are going to enter paradise among the first three, right? Then the third one is the one with a lot of children, family, etc. needs, but withholds from asking people all the time. The three, uh, the first of the three that will enter hellfire then, the first one is that Amir, the, the leader who is uh, subjugating everybody and doing the wrong thing. Number two, the one with a lot of wealth who, doesn't, who, who does not fulfill the rights of Allah from it. And the third one, you know what the third one is? The arrogant poor person. How can a poor person be arrogant? What's he got to be arrogant with? It's such a weird juxtaposition. You're a poor person, you've got nothing to show, but you're arrogant. SubhanAllah. Not noble. You know, some poor people, but they, mashallah, carry themselves very well. You'd never tell. That's praiseworthy. But this is arrogant. They don't have anything to show, and it's just like, that just shows a real meanness there. These people are going to be people of hellfire. They're essentially the opposites. The, the three of paradise were the opposites of the three of hellfire. The, the best in that side, the best on this side. There's a hadith in Sahih Muslim. So you see, this hadith tells us it's this, these three that will enter hellfire first. However, there's another hadith which you guys have probably heard. This hadith you probably haven't heard, the one I just mentioned. That's not a very common hadith. The more common narration about the first people to enter health fire are the warrior in the path of Allah, the Qari, and the one who gave a lot of sadaqah but to show off. You generally hear that those are the first three people into health fire. So those are two different hadith. How do you reconcile them? Which are the first? Is it those three or is it these three? So the response is that this was actually asked to Abu Hurairah asked the Prophet and said, sorry, the Prophet said to Abu Hurairah that these are the people who, uh, uh, the first of the creation of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that hellfire will be kindled by on the day of judgment Abu Hurairah, these ones. So the way to reconcile between them is that these three categories, the Qari and the warrior, and the wealthy person who shows off with his money in the path of Allah, right? They're the people from with whom 
hellfire will be kindled first. And the first, cate- the first three that we talked about above, they're the people who will actually enter first. So that's how you say that these people will be used to kindle the hellfire with, to show that, and the hellfire gets really excited. But the other three are the ones who are thrown into hellfire first. That's the way to reconcile this. And if you look at a lot of this, why is there such a problem? Uh, why is hellfire kindled with those who are show off? Because the Qari, the reason he's going to go into hellfire is because he shows off with his reason. He's not doing it for Allah. The warrior, why is he sent to hellfire? War, to, to be a warrior in the path of Allah is a good thing. Why? Because he was showing off. The Qari, to read Quran is a good thing. He was showing off. Uh, spending money in the path of Allah is a good thing. Why is he going to hellfire? Why is the hellfire being kindled by them? Why? Because showing off. So the th- common factor here is showing off. Ostentation. So why is showing off so bad? Because that is a form of shirk. You're suppo- we're supposed to devote our worships to Allah. We're devoting it to someone else. We're doing it to show someone else. So that's like a major excess against Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That's why those people are used to kindle the hellfire first. Now, among all of those, in fact, it says that, you know, this unrighteous qari, the one who's doing it for show, may Allah protect us from being among them, they're going to be started with even before the mushrikeen. The mushrikeen are definitely going to go to hellfire. These people are going to hellfire to be just punished and then cleansed. Mushrikeen are going to be there forever, but still you start, they start with the qari. So Abdul Malik ibn Ibrahim relates this narration from Anas radiallahu anhu, Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam, said that the Zabaniya, if you remember now Zabaniya, those special uh, angels of hellfire, gods of hellfire, whatever, they're going to be more hasty and quicker to try to grab the unrighteous qaris than even the worshippers of idols. And they're going to say, why are you starting with us for? Go and get those first, subhanAllah. So he's going to be said to them, لَيْسَ مَنْ عَلِيمَ كَمَنْ لَا That the one who knows is not like the one who doesn't know. You guys knew you had the Qur'an and you still did that. Of course, those other guys will never, enter, uh, never come out of hellfire. These people will eventually come out, but it's just to show how bad that is. La ilaha illallah, la ilaha illallah. So on that note, we end this. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala not make us among those who have studied this, who have benefited from this, who have learnt about this, who've explored hellfire and learnt about hellfire and then uh, we don't avoid it. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, due to the blessing and barakah of this class, of the Quranic verses, and the hadith in there, at the end of the day, the Quran and Sunnah, that's what we studied, right, about this particular subject of hellfire. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make this a source and a means and an excuse for our own emancipation from the torment of hellfire. Hellfire is not discussed as frequently, right? Uh, we did a course on paradise, as you will know now, uh, about four or five years ago, if not longer. And that's a much longer course. And people kept saying, what about hellfire? What about hellfire? We just wanted to do it, but eventually now we've done it. So may Allah make this a source, a means of our protection, escape and survival uh, from the hellfire, inshallah. If Allah made us do this, it means inshallah, 
we can just hope that he has something good in store for us. Otherwise, why would he want us to even study these things and know about these things? The purpose of this course was not to condemn anybody. It was to make us aware and to avoid to make this world a better place and for us to be in a better place in the hereafter because of trying to make the world a better place and to avoid evil in this world. So may Allah accept it from all of us. May Allah shower his abundant blessings and mercies on the author, all the narrators, and above all the Prophet ﷺ, from whom all of this comes. May Allah be thanked and glorified for what he has given us and what he has enabled us to do. And may Allah reward all of those who have assisted in here and who have listened and make this a means of survival for all of us. And wa'akhiru da'wana. And alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen. Jazakallah khair for listening. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, bless you. And if you're finding this useful, you know, um, as they say, do that like button and subscribe button and forward it on to others. Jazakallah khair and assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.